John chapter 9. This is part 2 of the story where Jesus worked a miracle and made the blind man see. It was a, a man who was blind from birth. Last week we looked at the first 13 verses, excuse me, the first 12 verses, uh, and today we're starting in verse 13, and we will, we will make our way through all of chapter 9, Lord willing. It's a, it's a lot of reading, but it's a good story. Uh, it's this, this is one of my favorite stories uh, in the Bible. I know I, it seems like I say that all the time, but, but it seems like there are so many different, different stories in the Bible, and there's so many good things in them. Uh, and, and this is a story that I always, I always read, and then I, I'm kind of in, in amazement of, of, of what takes place uh, during this, this story. So that's what we're going to look at today in John chapter 9. So we're going to pray, and then we'll just go through the, through the text a verse or two at a time uh, and jump in there. So let's pray. Father God, I come to you this morning. I thank you for this privilege to come and to, and to speak your word uh, to each one that's here. We thank you for the, the privilege that we have to come into your house and to listen to your word, dear Lord God. And I pray that you'd be with us, that, that we would get something out of it. I pray that as we read through, dear Lord, that people would hear from you, that, that it just not be words coming out of my mouth that they hear, dear Lord, but, but the Holy Spirit speaking to their heart. God, there may be things that I say that, 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 that you lead me to say, God, that are going to affect people, or it may just be something that, that you put on their heart, God, through your word, because your words are far better than any words that I will say, God. So I pray that you would hide me behind the cross today, dear Lord. I pray that you would calm my nerves, dear Lord. Take this nervousness away, dear Lord. Give me the boldness to speak uh, truth and to speak your word. I pray that, that we'll hear it in a way, God, that's going to be beneficial for us, uh, that we will hear it and that we will we will be able to to soak it in and live by it, God. And I pray that that you'll just be glorified in this place, God. That we don't come for any other reason today, God, than for for you to be glorified, God. For us to be uh, recharged. And dear Lord, if we brought anything else into this place, sometimes we do that. Some sometimes we have other things on our mind. We we may have a bad attitude, or we may just be worried about something, or we may be thinking about something that's going on after church or, or the rest of the week, dear Lord. But I pray that in this time, that, that this would be your time, God. That we wouldn't waste our time, that we wouldn't waste your time, dear Lord, but that, that it would be good to be in your house today. And so I pray that the Holy Spirit would just do a mighty work. Speak through me today. Let us hear you, dear Lord. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. John chapter 9, verse 13. I kind of set the scene for you uh, earlier. Um, Jesus had been doing lots of miracles that we had seen throughout the book of John. Uh, uh, some some uh, miracles that involved turning water into wine. Some that involved uh, making people sick that needed to be, uh, excuse me, making people well who had been sick. Uh, some included him feeding people and meeting the people's needs. Jesus was, was meeting the people's needs in many different ways. Jesus was having a compassion on these people that he was coming into contact with. And the story we looked at last week uh, was, was really no different. Jesus saw this guy who had been uh, born uh, blind. Uh, he picked this guy who had been born blind, I think, to make a point. If he had been injured and somehow lost his eyesight through something that had happened, some physical ailment that he might have had, if that eyesight had returned, then there are many who probably would have said, well, he was going to get better anyway, after all. I mean, he, he lost his sight, he got it back. They wouldn't have really thought it to be a miracle. 
But Jesus chose this man who was born blind, and he made him see not by, not by doing a fancy dance or, 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 or doing anything that, that we would think would be what somebody would do, not just even speaking the words you can see. But what Jesus did was he did something so crazy. He spit into the dirt, and he used that mud, and he put it on the guy's eyes, and he told the guy, go. And in faith, the guy went, and when he washed his eyes in the pool, he could see. He was excited. He went and began to tell people that he was the guy who could see. But there was a lot of talk around town. Well, was this the guy? Was this not the guy? This, this, this wasn't the same guy that used to sit and beg. This, this couldn't be the same guy. And so there was a lot of talk that was going on after Jesus healed this man who was born blind. And that's what we're going to look at today. Last week we looked at the miracle. Today we are going to look at the reaction to the miracle that the people, some of the people at least, had when they saw what was taking place. In verse 13, they brought the man who used to be blind to the Pharisees. The day that Jesus made the mud and opened the eyes was a Sabbath. All right, so here we got the scene set. There were some people that doubted, was this the guy? They took this guy who was blind that Jesus made see. They took him to the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees were always giving Jesus a hard time. They did not want to trust Jesus. They did not want to follow Jesus. They did not believe that there was anything special about Jesus. Instead, they thought he was, he was of the devil. They didn't know what to make of Jesus. He was so different from any other rabbi, from any other teacher, from anybody else that had, that had come onto the scene. He was speaking boldness. He was, he was saying all these things, and it was just driving them crazy. He also did this act that he did of all days. He did it on the Sabbath day. Now that was a big deal for the Pharisees because they were, they were still following the law of Moses as close as they could. And Jesus did, we see a few different instances in Jesus' ministry where something happened on the Sabbath day, whether he did it or his disciples did it. And that was a big stumbling block for them. That was a big thing that they had to, to deal with. And here, <coughs> lo and behold, Jesus did this miracle on the Sabbath day. It may have been coincidence, but maybe Jesus did it on purpose. Maybe Jesus knew that it was going to get them fired up, and he was trying to get their attention. And get their attention, he did. So again, the Pharisees asked him how he received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, he told them. I washed, and I can see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he doesn't keep the Sabbath. Ain't that interesting? They completely, they didn't even really acknowledge the fact that a man who had never seen in his life could now see. They didn't even acknowledge. You know what they said? Jesus did this on a Sabbath day. That's all they were concerned about. They missed, they missed the miracle that Jesus did because they were too concerned about being legalistic. We talked about this a little bit Wednesday night in church as we're going through the, the book of Galatians, that we are freed in Christ. And Jesus Christ was trying to offer freedom to everyone who would come to him. 
Both this blind man that he healed, the people who he fed, the sick who he made uh, to be able to be well, the lame who he made to walk. All these people, Jesus had come for the whole world to preach the good news. Jesus wanted these people to come to him. Jesus wanted these people to experience the freedom that he was going to offer to free them from these burdens of wondering, oh, did I pick, up, did I pick some grain on the Sabbath day? Did I do this on the Sabbath day? And, and all that they were worried about, all that they were worried about was not that a good work was done was not that Jesus healed a blind man, was not that a man whose life was, was, was nothing other than being able to beg because he couldn't do for himself, and now he can have a life. They did not care about that. They were only concerned about their legalism. And we have to check ourselves too, Christian, because sometimes we can do that. Sometimes we can get caught up with things that don't matter, and they're different for all of us. There are some things that matter to you that don't matter to me. There are some things that matter to me that don't matter to you. Uh, we all have that thing. It's different for all of us, but we all have that thing that can creep in that we put so much importance on that may not really be that important. It may be important to us, but it may not be important to God. It may be something that we think we should do, but it may not be something that God commands us to do. And so we all, I believe as Christians, fall into that trap that sometimes there are things that we put too much emphasis on. And as a result, we are in the same boat as the Pharisees. We, we, we're focusing on something that is, that is so insignificant it doesn't matter. And we're missing what Jesus Christ can do in our life. Or we're missing how Jesus Christ can use us. Let's go a little further. But others were saying... How can a sinful man perform such signs? And there was a division among them. So not everybody felt the same way. There, were, there was a division because there was lots of different, different things that were going on there. First off, they said Jesus was a sinful man. This guy's doing stuff on the Sabbath. He must be an evil, sinful man. How in the world could someone evil do something so good? That was what they were struggling with. They knew that, that a blind man had been healed, but, but how? How could that be that a man could do something evil and a good deed could come from him? Again, they asked the blind man, What do you say about him since he opened your eyes? He's a prophet, he said. Now, I think that was an interesting response. The man, he, he may have heard about Jesus. I don't know. He knew that it was Jesus who had did it. He mentioned that in the verses earlier, that it was the man named Jesus. I don't know if he knew about Jesus. I'm going to say he probably had heard about Jesus. I don't know if he knew who Jesus was, but he knew that Jesus had healed him and caused him to see. And when they asked him who he thought he was, he said that he was a prophet. Now, that's, a, that's an interesting response. I, I believe he said that probably because so many times when you see miracles take place in the Old Testament, it was usually by a prophet of God who would prophesy something, who would do something, who, have, who had the power of God. And so I believe that the blind man recognized that Jesus was from God. Now, I don't know at this point if he knew that Jesus was God's son, but he knew that this man, Jesus, was from God. He knew that there was something special about him. <coughs> The Jews did not believe this about him, that he was blind and received sight until they summoned the parents of the one who had received his sight. 
All right? So he's done told them a couple times, look, Jesus healed me. Jesus is a prophet. I can see now. Guess what? They still didn't believe him. They said, we're going to have to go get his parents in here so that we can find out if this guy really was blind. They still were refusing to acknowledge that Jesus was something special, that Jesus was something great, that Jesus did a miraculous work. They asked them, that is the, the guy's parents, they asked them, is this your son, the one you say was born blind? How does he now see? Okay, the guy done told them. They didn't believe the guy. They asked the parents. We know this is our son and that he was born blind, his parents answered, but we don't know how he now sees and we don't know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he's of age. He will speak for himself. Now that seems like a reasonable thing. The parents told the truth there. Uh, maybe they didn't know who, who, who opened his eyes. Maybe they didn't know how he, how he was able to see. After all, he was born blind from birth. They did confirm that. But that's not the real issue here. The real issue here, that seems like a, a reasonable thing for the parents to say. But if we read a little further, we find uh, the real issue with the, with the parents. It says his parents said these things because... They were afraid of the Jews since the Jews had already agreed that anyone, if anyone confessed him as Messiah, he would be banned from the synagogue. So you see, the parents, they were just trying to keep themselves out of the picture. They didn't want to be in the picture, especially if they had heard that Jesus had done this. They didn't in any way want to be associated with their son whom this Jesus had touched and healed because they were afraid of the Jews. They knew that the Jews hated Jesus and they didn't want to be part of it. They didn't stand up for Jesus. They didn't stand up for their son. Instead, they said, I'm just going to sit back to the side because I don't want to have anything to do with this. Do we ever do that, Christian? Are there ever opportunities in our life where maybe we know what is right? Or maybe we know what somebody believes or we know that a situation is going on and we have the opportunity that we could stand by them. That we could stand by them and say, I'm going to be with you no matter what goes on. I'm not going to be afraid. How many times, maybe when we're another Christian and they're making a stand and, and other people around and we don't want people to know, we just kind of sit by the wayside. We don't want to say anything. We don't want to ruffle any feathers. We don't want anybody to make fun of us because we're a Christian or because we're associated with Jesus. And so instead of being bold that we need to be, we just kind of shrink back. And we're not able to stand up for what's right, for what matters. This guy's parents just hung him out to dry. They weren't able, they didn't acknowledge that Jesus did it. They didn't want to acknowledge anything. They wanted to separate themselves completely from that. That's not what we are called to do, Christian. That's not what we are called to do when times are tough or when our faith is on trial. We are called to be bold. Even in the midst of, of, of hard times. No doubt that this blind guy, if he keeps on confessing Jesus, it's going to be bad for him. They don't want to have anything to do with Jesus and they don't want anybody professing Jesus. And it's the same in our world today. There are many people who don't want anything to do with Jesus and they don't want us to profess Jesus. But we Christians have to stand together and be bold in those times and not, and not fall back, not fall into the shadows. Let's read a little further. His parents said these things because they were afraid of the Jews since the Jews had already agreed that if anyone confessed him as Messiah, 
he would be banned from the synagogue. This is why his parents said he's not, he, excuse me, he's of age, ask him. So a second time they summoned the man who had been blind and told him, Give glory to God, we know that this man is a sinner. He answered, Whether or not he's a sinner, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind and now I can see. We've got two different sides of the story. We got one group who completely just missed the miracle. You know what they were worried about? Jesus is a sinner. You don't need to talk about Jesus. You give God the glory. You don't need to even talk about this sinner. And the guy said, look, I don't know if he's a sinner or not. I don't know him. He said, what I do know is that I was blind and I can see. See, he got it. His life had been transformed. He knew that his life had been changed by Jesus. And so it is for us. When Jesus comes into our life, we should be changed. There should be an excitement there that we should say, look, this guy did something to me that we don't miss the miracle. Let's read a little further. Then they ask him, Why did he do, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? I already told you, he said, and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? You don't want to become his disciples too, do you? They just keep on. They just keep on. They said, how did he hear you? He told them the story. He put, blood, he put mud on my eyes, told me to wash, I could see. They kept asking, and they kept asking, he kept telling the same story. And he said, look, I have already told you what has happened. I've already told you what has happened, but you will not listen. Are we ever that way? Does God ever do something in our life trying to get us to hear? Maybe sometimes with our ears. Maybe He sends somebody to speak some wisdom into our life and maybe we don't want to hear it. Maybe it's in our heart. The Holy Spirit puts something on our heart and and God speaks something to us and we won't listen because it's not what we want to do. Because it may cause us to have to change something we do. And we won't listen. And God's calling out and we just refuse to listen. There may be some of you in here today and you're not a Christian and you've heard God's Word and you're waiting to hear just the perfect thing. If I could just hear this, if I could just see that, I would turn to Christ. But you're already hearing. I hope you're hearing the Gospel of Jesus Christ when you come here. Some of you, it's not that you're not hearing, it's that you're not listening. You hear very clear, but you choose not to listen. We all do that. I believe that there are times in all of our lives where we hear, but we don't listen. You see, that was the problem with the Pharisees. They had saw what Jesus did. They had heard what Jesus did, but they refused to listen. There are some people in this world today that say, I'm not going to believe the Lord unless you can prove it. Well, there are some people we could, we could prove and prove and prove. We could read God's Word to them all day, every day for a year. And they're not going to listen. You know why? Because they don't want to. We don't want to be those people, church. If we're a Christian and God speaks, we don't want to just hear what God says. We want to do what God says. And if you're in here today and you're not a Christian, then you need to listen to the Holy Spirit so that you don't miss Him. So that you don't miss Jesus. You see, the Pharisees, they missed Jesus. They missed Him all the way to the cross. And some of them died and went to hell because they missed Jesus. And I don't want us to be those who miss Jesus. 
I want us to be those who listen when God calls. He tells them, look, you don't want to be his disciple either, do you, boy? You better think that didn't make them mad. They hated Jesus. They didn't want nothing to do with Jesus. And here this guy saying, do you want to be his disciple? Ho, <laughs> ho, that got them fired up. And they ridiculed him. You're that man's disciple, but we're Moses' disciples. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but this man, we don't know where he's from. This is an amazing thing, the man told them. You don't know where he is from, yet he opened my eyes. That's a pretty good deal right there. He pretty much told them what was what. He, he was the only one that was speaking any sense here. He was the only one who was, who, who, was, who was thinking logically through this whole thing. He says, look, do you want to be his disciple? And they, they made their stand, and this was their downfall. They said, we follow Moses because we know where Moses was from. You see, they missed Jesus because they were too worried about living in their tradition and their way. And they missed Jesus. And the guy said, look, I don't care where he's from. It doesn't matter where he's from. He can be from anywhere. He, he made me see again. Don't you see what's going on? Don't you see the miracle? Don't you see that there's something special about this man? And you're worried about where he's from? Look at what he's doing. You see, some people are going to miss Jesus just because they don't want Jesus. Jesus could do anything in the world and they still wouldn't trust Him. Because Jesus has already done everything that He needs to do when He died on the cross. You either accept that or you reject that. That's it. Those are your two options. The Pharisees chose to reject that. The blind man, he knew what was going on. He knew there was something special about Jesus. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and does His will, He listens to him. Throughout history, no one has ever heard of someone opening the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he wouldn't be able to do anything. So there he is. He's preaching it to him, y'all. He's telling him, he's saying, look, you're saying this guy's a sinner, but look at the good he was doing. Nobody has ever been blind and been made able to see again. He's pointing out to him, there's no record of this ever happening. And look, you guys are seeing something that we have never heard of before. And you're worried about where he's from? You're calling him a sinner because he did a good work? He said, no, this man, this man is from God. Whether you want to believe it or not, this man is from God. Jesus is from God whether you choose to believe it or not. Jesus died on a cross whether you choose to believe it or not. But I want you to believe it. I want you to accept it. I don't want you to be foolish like the Pharisees. I want you to be faithful like the blind man. Boy, then they didn't like what he said after he preached that to them. So they said, you were born entirely in sin, they replied, and you are teaching us? Then they threw him out. Now remember this idea that the reason he was blind because of sin, this is the same issue that the disciples had we saw last week. See, people thought that the reason why you were sick is because... You did something wrong. It must be punishment. But what Jesus said is that this man was blind so that a good work could be done and God could be glorified. And But the sinners had the same mindset of the disciples here. They're saying, look, you sinner, you are in sin, you are blind, and you are going to preach to us. Let's not forget, these, these Pharisees, they thought they were hot stuff. They thought that they were holier than thou. And this guy was preaching truth to them, and they didn't want to hear it. 
When Jesus heard that they had thrown the man out, he found him and asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Now, this term, Son of Man, this is talking about Jesus. We see, we see Jesus referred to as the Son of Man uh, several times throughout Scripture. He's referred to as the Son of God as well, but that's what he's talking about here. Uh, do you want to believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him, he asked. Jesus answered, You have seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. If the guy didn't know that Jesus was the Son of God when he healed him, he knew it now. The guy knew that Jesus was somehow from God. He knew that it was God who had done the work through him. But now Jesus is saying, look, I am the one. He says, I believe, Lord, he said, and he worshipped him. Now that's the proper response. We've got two responses to a miracle here. We've got one group that wants to, wants to be bitter and angry and call someone names and be judgmental. And they miss the miracle and they miss the blessing. And we have one man that realizes he was in a horrible condition. And Jesus touched his life and changed him for the better. And he worshipped him. One group wanted to kill Jesus. The other guy worshipped Jesus. You know, those are our two responses. Those are the same two responses that we have. You either love Jesus or you either hate Jesus. You want to worship Jesus or you don't want anything to do with Jesus. But Jesus can change your heart. Jesus can change your life. Jesus could have changed the Pharisees' hearts if they would have come to Him. If they wouldn't have been so blind as to see what He was doing, their lives could have been changed. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment in order that those who do not see will see and those who do see will become blind. Now, Jesus is talking spiritual here. He's kind of he's shifting. He's not saying I'm going to make all the, the people who can't see physically see and make everybody else where they can't see uh, physically. He's talking in spiritual terms. He's talking spiritual blindness. That is, some are able to see Jesus and some are just blind to the fact of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things and asked him, We aren't blind too, are we? If you were blind, Jesus told them, you, you wouldn't have sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. Well, that, that's a good statement for us to think about. If you were blind, you wouldn't have sin. But now that you say we see, your sin <coughs> remains. You see, the Pharisees knew that Jesus was coming. They had studied the Scripture. They knew the Scripture front and back. They should have known who Jesus was. They always claimed to be uh, these followers of Moses and, and, and of, of the Old Testament uh, of the law. But if they really had read it and known, they would have known that Jesus was coming. They would have known that He was the one that was being prophesied about. But they were still blind because they thought they knew everything. They thought they knew everything and they had everything right there in front of them and they totally missed Jesus and they were still living in their sin. Why? Because they were too proud. They were too set in their ways. But Jesus said, Now that you say we see, your sin remains. You know why they didn't seek Jesus for forgiveness? Because they didn't think they needed it. They didn't think they needed to be forgiven. 
They thought that they were well. They thought that they were doing so good because they were so religious and they were so like they were on the Sabbath and they like they they did everything just right and they thought they were so good and they didn't think they needed forgiveness. They didn't think they were sinners. You know, there were tons of people that came to Jesus and realized that they were just wretched, that they were they had all this stuff going on physically, they realized that they were just unworthy, that they were sinners. And you know what Jesus did to those people? He had compassion on them. Because they recognized their state before him and they came to him. But these people, they didn't recognize they were sinners. They didn't admit that they were sinners. And therefore they were going to continue to live in their sin. You and I have the same choice to make. We are sinners. And we have to acknowledge that. You see that all throughout God's word that we are sinners. We are in need of being saved. Jesus said, look, it's not, the, it's not the well who need a doctor, it's the sick who need a doctor. But it's the Pharisees, they thought that they were well, but they were really sick. And there may be some of you that maybe you fooled yourself. Maybe you've convinced yourself that I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. God could never punish me. But every single one of us is a sinner. Every single one of us is still living in the sickness that is sin. And it is only Jesus Christ who can heal us. He can heal you just like he healed the man whose eyes he opened. He will heal you if you come to him. He will heal you if you come and say, Look, Lord Jesus, I want to repent of my sins. I want you to heal me. I want you to, be, to make me clean. I want to be your disciple. I want to be your disciple. But you got a choice to make. We saw two choices in the text today. One man made the right choice. One group made the wrong choice. But it's your choice. Will you accept Jesus and what He has done for you on the cross? Will you acknowledge that He is the Son of God? Or will you reject Him? Let's pray. God, I come to You now and I pray this morning that You just would speak to those in this room, dear Lord. Maybe there are some who do not know You, Lord Jesus. Maybe they've been struggling and, and, and they, they hear your word, God, but they've just never listened. They've never, they've never come to you and asked you to be their Savior and ask you to forgive them. I pray, Lord Jesus, that they would do that today. I pray that you would help each one of us, God, us Christians in here, to examine our lives, to see if maybe sometimes there are areas where we're, we're not listening, dear Lord. Sometimes we can become just as hard-headed as those Pharisees, dear Lord. Sometimes you put things right in front of us and you spell things out and point things out that are so easy that we shouldn't miss. God, we look at these Pharisees and we say they are so dumb. How could they miss it? But God, help us to look at our own hearts. God, help us to look at the log in our eye because God, maybe there are some times that we are just that dumb too. So God, help us to see. Help us to hear. And help us to do what you call us to do, dear Lord God. Help us to worship you. Help us to be just as excited for you as this man who was blind and could see. Dear Lord, he was given sight, but he was given so much more than sight. He was given eternal life. And so it is for us, dear Lord. You give us so much more than just healing us while we're here on this earth, God. You give us eternal healing. You give us eternal comfort, dear Lord. And that is reason for us to praise. That is reason for us to worship. So help us to have that response to you. Help us not just to 
Be like those pesky old Pharisees, dear Lord. Help us not to miss you. Help us to seek you and to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen.